Hi there, I'm Stephanie Robinson, founder of HR Solver, and today's podcast is entitled Nine Questions and Answers to Determine if You Have a Good Employment Tribunal Case. So this accompanies the guide, which is free to download from hrsolver.co.uk. Um, you're able to really read and digest the guide step by step and answer the questions along as you are dissecting the information that it gives you. Uh, and this is podcast today is just to give you an overview of what the guide contains and the the nine points of difference where an employer might have um, flouted the employment legislation and give rise to an employment tribunal claim. Um, And it's worth just telling you now that we have um, a training course that is coming through called How to Make an Employment Tribunal Claim. So if you are currently thinking about moving forward with an employment tribunal, but you're just not sure what to do, you're not sure of the terminology and the timeframes and how easy or otherwise it is, stay tuned and we'll tell you a bit more about how you can get some information on that. Equally, you can go to the HR Solver Academy um, and the resources and training page and have a look at our training course. And further, you can join the DIY Employment Tribunal Claims Facebook group where you get much more information about the upcoming training course where you can uh, opt in to be a founding member and help us shape the course as we create it for for you um, and really get some invaluable inputs and information as you work along. So anyway, let's move into the nine questions to determine if you have a good employment tribunal case. So the first one we're looking at is if your company or employer has committed an act which is against your contract of employment. Now, this can involve going through your contract of employment and looking at the contractual obligations, which is not always easy in a contract that's maybe been drafted by a lawyer, because very few of us even know what some of the terms and conditions mean. But that's not to say that you shouldn't have a real look at it and try and uh, interrogate what it means or infer what it means. Some people might have quite a simplistic contract. But one thing, for instance, to look out for is whether your disciplinary procedures are uh, contractual or not. And it's normally quite clear um, whether they are, if they're contained in the contract, unless there's a clause that says, you don't need to be, the, the company or employer reserves the right not to follow them, it's quite possible that they are obliged to follow the contractual disciplinary procedures. So um, any, anyway, the other things that might be something that you need to think about in terms of against your contract of employment, if they fail to, to pay holidays or uh, your notice in particular, um, and your contractual notice as opposed to just a statutory notice period. The other thing that you're obviously looking at in terms of whether you have a strong employment tribunal claim is discrimination. And the guide breaks this down into the four different areas of discrimination, direct, indirect, perceived and discrimination by association. And also it talks about the protected characteristics, which are, of course, covered in law through the Equality Act which are age, disability, gender reassignment, marriage and civil partnership, pregnancy and maternity, race, religion or belief, sex and sexual orientation. 
and it does give you examples of what the difference are between direct and indirect discrimination, uh, perception uh, and discrimination and of course association and it's really interesting to kind of deep dive into some examples and we've obviously some case law which has indicated and hence why it's now in law that um, an employee has a good strong case for an employment tribunal on the virtue of perhaps being associated with a family member um perhaps a, a white female has married a, a black man and they have a, a, a child half and half and in the workforce they are um, harassed or um, there's comments made about um, the child's um, descent and or kind of colour of skin. So that's a kind of good example of where you yourself maybe don't have to have that protected characteristic but you might indeed be um, linked to somebody who does. And that could include things like discrimination on the basis of dis disability. The other aspect to think about is, um, and the guide again talks about this in question six, has your employer breached the duty of the uh, employment relationship? So employment law is fairly complicated in that there's four, four main parts of that make up employment law and this is the basic duty that's implied over decades and well hundreds of years really in terms of what shapes the employee and employer um, relationship and oftentimes an employee might be wanting to make a case that their employer has fundamentally breached an implied duty of, of care where what I mean by that is that you know, it's just obvious. It's just really obvious that that should be something that your employer should do for you as an employee. And yet through um, whatever it might have happened, they have actually undermined this basic duty. So the other thing that you're looking at is clearly, and the, the most common language that we hear about is fairness and unfair dismissal. And we look at unfair dismissal for less than two years service and does unfair dismissal beyond two years service and they are considered and dealt with in an employment tribunal quite differently and obviously you have more rights if you have over two years service and have been unreasonably um, dismissed. So it's worth again looking at the guide and how the details look at that and the implications within the ACAS code of practice. And there is also a blog on the HR Solver website around the ACAS Code of Practice. We've got a three-part series which talks about the, the ACAS Code of Practice requirements for disciplinary and grievance um, measures that your employer should take. Um, we're also looking at, and this is really pertinent as I record this episode, um, disclosures and whistleblowing. So many employees are sadly feeling quite unsafe in their employer's environment due to COVID. And therefore, if they are not feeling after raising it with their employer, sometimes several times that they can make enough of a difference to make the environment safe for them. The um, 
outcome, sadly, is the employer seems to treat them dif differently or potentially target them, maybe through a redundancy situation. And so increasingly people are finding that they're victims of raising genuine concerns about health and safety. And equally, those genuine concerns might not necessarily be health and safety. It could be about practices the employer is taking around fraud, perhaps if they work in healthcare, or even just making a disclosure which is in the public interest around potentially COVID issues, or maybe not at all. So um, sadly, this is on the increase, but it does mean that people, irrespective of service, have protection for whistleblowing claims um, under the law. And again, the guide will just take you through that in a bit more detail. And finally, we're looking at victimisation for asserting statutory rights. Um, and a statutory right is, is an employment law that is written in statute, um, such as the right to have the national minimum wage, the right to a break every six hours. And if an employer is not playing ball and not actually following the law and you've asked for them to do that, and it's not been forthcoming, um, and you're either going for constructive dismissal claim or you have then been dismissed as a result of putting your hand up and saying, well, actually, I should be paid X, Y and Z, then that right could rise to a legitimate employment tribunal claim too. So I very much hope that that's been helpful. If you want to have a you know, further read or weighing up your options, we do have an article called um, The Pros and Cons of Employment Tribunal on our website. Um, you can get in touch with us or you can look at the training courses and guides that are on the website as well. I very much hope that this can be helpful to you if you're weighing up whether or not to go to um, an employment tribunal at this time. And as I mentioned we have a training course that will take you through the steps for that early conciliation process, help you apply, help you understand what might come up, um, how to manage and prepare your claim. The aim of the training is really to not have you step across the threshold of an employment tribunal, which is exactly ACAS's um, plan for early conciliation. You know, people um, raise employment tribunal claims um, and oftentimes there is a way to, f to get an agreement with an employer um, to um, avoid going to an employment tribunal. And that's what the purpose of early conciliation is. And that's um, what um, we are teaching and supporting our students with. So if you're interested in that training course, Again, you can join the Employment Tribunal Claims DIY Facebook group and get more information. Very much look forward to seeing you there. Thank you.